0: For Travis Whitmore in North Liberty, Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC.
1: Hello there and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe. It is Tuesday, September the 19th, a little bit after 9 a.m. Central Time. Big week, Penn State coming up on Saturday in State College. That is a 6.30 Central Time start i don't know if that's when it'll kick that's when it comes on tv it's oftentimes uh 10 minutes or so for the um broadcast to analyze and promote and all those good things but anyway turn it on at six thirty on nbc saturday night uh it'll be iowa at penn state number 24 iowa at number seven penn state it is a whiteout at beaver stadium so a uh a sizable task for the Hawkeyes. I think two touchdown underdogs in this one and, uh, both teams three and O and, uh, Penn state opened its big 10 season with a win at Illinois last week. I think it was 30 to 13 or something like that. I watched the first half. It was competitive. I think Penn state just eventually wore, uh, the Illini down Illinois, replacing a lot of talent. It lost last season and, uh, Penn state, uh, Obviously a top 10 team, so uh, probably played out the way uh, most expected it. I think Penn State got the cover in that game. Anyway, uh, that has no bearing on what happens this week, uh, and we'll probably have a little bit of uh, jousting on uh, 2021 when uh, Iowa accused Penn State of faking injuries. Um, I think that's a fair assessment of what happened there. Uh, Kirk Ferentz saying he smelled a rat. um, That has not been forgotten, I'm sure, uh, at Penn State, and we'll see how much traction that will get this week. Uh, I'd like to give you guys somewhat of an update uh, or an update the best I can on uh, what's going on in uh, Iowa athletics beyond football. Uh, and oftentimes basketball. And I do, uh, an Iowa athletics week in review every Sunday night or Monday morning. I publish those. And if you check out my Twitter X feed, uh, you can find out this week's write up, which I posted yesterday, September 18th. But, uh, just a brief synopsis, uh, field hockey ranked number one in the country. Uh, outscored its opponents 13-0 to zero this past weekend. That would be Va- Vermont and Merrimack. So a couple of good wins there for Iowa. And Iowa opens Big Ten play on Friday at eighth-ranked Michigan. So degree of difficulty ratchets up as it does for the Iowa football team. Soccer is 6-0-2 after a 1-1 draw against visiting Illinois on Sunday. And the Hawkeyes play – At Wisconsin on Friday, and then we'll have Minnesota come to Iowa City on Sunday. Uh, Some updates on the women's basketball crossover at Kinnick. You want to check those out on HawkeyeSports.com. That is uh, scheduled for October fifteenth at two p.m. And if the weather doesn't hold, they will take that indoors to Carver Hawkeye Arena. There are tickets left for five bucks a piece. Uh, You have to, as far as I know, you have to buy those at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, if you're interested in purchasing at this point but there are tickets left for that um so check that out uh anything else going on here um it's always good to check out hawkeyesports.com they do a, a great job of covering some of the sports we do not have the resources to cover unfortunately i wish we did but uh Probably a good time to jump in to your to your questions here, and this one is from September fourteenth, which is quite a while ago. I don't, I'm not going to do the math on what day that was, but I think it was last Wednesday. Um, is Nico the early leader for the golden microphone? <laughs> that is from zero dice uh, Z- zero underscore dice on Twitter. Yes, uh, Nico with some colorful language expressing his displeasure with the non-call uh, against Iowa State that resulted in a interception on a ball thrown to him and uh, did not take kindly to that and used some colorful language and was reprimanded by the Big Ten um, for his uh, public statement. And uh, that was about it. And uh, he took his medicine and moved on. And uh I guess I guess we probably should too. And Zero Dice uh follows up with, let me rephrase, if Nico doesn't win the golden microphone, is it a horse blank blanking call, which is what Nico referred to, the call at Iowa State. So um I don't know who I'm gonna vote for this year though, in terms of the uh Duke Slater award. Um it was uh Kayvon Merriweather won it, and then Spencer Petrus won it. So uh the, the floor is still open and we're still early in the season. We'll kind of see where this goes. But I have some uh I have some some candidates in mind that I'm that it's far too premature to uh release. Um I have to do some more uh investigative research, which entails me going to press conferences and talking to these guys and then picking one coffee sip. Um, this one is from Drake Timbers and this is from the 17th, which was on Sunday. Iowa fans should want a Terry Roberts prodigal son story arc. Kirk Ferentz is loyal, but is he forgiving? I don't see it. um, I don't see this one playing out and I know there's some questions about Iowa's secondary and uh, there's a question in this podcast from someone about the secondary. Um, I think that that bridge has been uh, walked from, from somebody returning over it to Iowa. Uh, That's someone being Terry Roberts. It's just, I'm not sure that that works for Iowa or Terry Roberts. So uh, it's an interesting thought. I just think the way things ended um and there was uh there was some disagreement uh on Terry's final season here in terms of injuries and things like that, um or not things like that, just how his injuries were handled injury was handled um at Iowa uh there was some disagreement between um how he felt about the treatment uh and how Iowa felt about the treatment. Um, And I will leave it at that. Um, I don't think it's a relationship that's permanently. um, What's the word I'm looking for over, I guess. I think there's still, you know, potential for a future there, but I don't think things are in a good place right now. Not good enough for Terry Roberts to come back to Iowa. And at this point we're already in week four so. You you uh, go with what you got on the roster. Uh, these are from the 17th as well, and this is uh, Jesse Lucier. Penn State has scored 30 points in 10 straight games. Iowa has gone nine straight games without letting up 30 points. Do you think Penn State clears the 30-point mark again? Thanks. I think it's probably pretty close. I have not worked on my preview and um, come up with a score prediction yet. Um, but it's interesting because I think Penn State's strength is its running game, its running backs. Uh when you look at, you know, the talent they have there in their backfield. Um but I think Drew Aller is gonna have to make some plays in this game against Iowa's defense. And uh we'll see if he's up to the task. I know Illinois is a really good defense. Um, but Illinois lost a lot off its defense as well last year. Um, we'll see. We'll see how Penn State attacks the Iowa, Iowa defense. I think it's probably going to be difficult to run against Iowa consistently, even with those running backs. But, uh, that doesn't mean Penn State won't try. Uh, but I think you can probably, uh, I think teams of what teams have seen in the first three weeks is you can attack Iowa through the air. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if Penn State takes some shots, particularly early in that game, to see what it can get against Iowa's defense and uh, some secondary breakdowns, we'll call them. Um, then also, I know there's some questions about the pass rush as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, Penn State will score 30. I think this game's pr- the winner in this game is probably – um at most in like the 27 28 range which is under 30 but i you know 24 21 23 somewhere in there kind of feels that's how it feels to me right now but again i haven't dug in as much on this game yet um statistics and personnel and things like that so i reserve the right to to change that opinion but most weeks i'm not going to predict teams probably other than Ohio State uh, to score over 30 on Iowa. But Penn State certainly has the capability to do so. Um, And we'll we'll see, I guess, including a defensive touchdown would make it interesting as well. And uh, that certainly Iowa's had some turnover tendencies so far early this season, interceptions and what have you. Um, and you can't do that against Penn State because it will make you pay. So Iowa's going to have to to play a clean game on Saturday and hope that Penn State is a little bit off. Uh, this one is also from Jesse, and uh, we'll take a break after this one. Uh, which position group is going to be the biggest X factor for Iowa this week? Is Cade up for a breakout game? Levels of concern for the secondary? Uh, so there you go. Jesse asked about the secondary I'm not overly concerned about the secondary. You have a lockdown on one side in Cooper DeGene. And then we'll see what happens on the other shot side. I thought Deshaun Lee played pretty well, uh, starting the first two games of the year. Uh, Jamari Harris, uh, had some good plays and then had some noticeably, noticeably poor plays this last week against Western Michigan. But it was his first game since the, Capital One Bowl in January of two thousand twenty two is that right, yeah, so that's a long time uh before playing again, so you got to give him a little bit of a mulligan there and uh i I rewatched the the deep touchdown, the early touchdown for Western Michigan, the deep ball, and it was quarter's coverage i couldn't tell if Harris gave up. The receiver to the safety too early. Xavier Wonka was late getting over there. I couldn't see, it's hard to tell on the TV broadcast, the, uh, what, what the, um, how the play was designed and and what may have drawn Xavier up. to another receiver or the run. I'm not sure what he saw there, uh, but he was way late coming over, uh, to help there. But to me, when I saw it, there was, it, it didn't seem like there was another threat there in Jamari's quarter that he couldn't stick with the receiver a little bit longer there and then hand him off to Xavier. It just seemed like a lack of communication and, um, Maybe just rustiness. And so I, I hesitate just based on that. I mean, it's, you could sit here and say, well, Wonka should have been there and gotten over sooner. But I didn't see what happened underneath that plate to know what drew him away from the receiver that was going down the left sideline. And I also don't know, uh, Jamari's responsibility there. And I'm focusing on that one play because that's a big play. You don't see Iowa's defense give up very often uh, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. And it also um, feeds into, um, you know, the thought that Iowa may be weak in the secondary because it's given up a deep ball. Um, It's given up some big pass plays. It gave up a big pass play uh, in the middle of the field as well uh, on Saturday uh plays that you don't see Iowa give up a lot defensively, bigger plays, uh chunk plays. Uh and I don't know how much that has to do with uh you know shakiness in the secondary, uh lack of a pass rush, which we'll address because somebody asked about that. Um, you know, the the Iowa defense is obviously a work in progress, and that should be expected when you lose two two first round draft picks and Lucas Van Ness and Jack Campbell along with Riley Moss. Uh, Kayvon there, all these guys are in the NFL right now. So, um, you know, it's not John Wagner. Plenty lost from Iowa's defense. There were going to be some growing pains. You just have to hope and, and, you know, have belief that with how well Iowa does in developing defensive players and defenses as a whole that this will figure itself out. But I don't think it's overly surprising that there have been some hiccups early in the season when you consider how much personnel changeover there's been and the loss of a lot of talent from last year's defense. There are going to be... It's not like Iowa can play on the highest of defensive levels every single game, every single year. There are going to be some, you know, valleys like this. It's just a matter of... The, do you believe that this group is going to come together and be a dominant group where it doesn't give anything up and scores and does, does all those things? Um You know, we saw that at Iowa State with Sebastian Castro with the pick six. And Iowa's defense did some really good things the other day. um You know, when the punt went down to, you know, inside the five, wherever it was, the two or the one, holding Western there, getting the short field, for your offense and then the big touchdown run those are the types of that's the type of complimentary football you like to see and what i was going to need to do to win this season is lean more heavily on complimentary football because i'm not sure the defense at least at this point is capable of carrying the team um This could be Cade's breakout game. I think he's going to need a big game, and I will say that that's the X factor for me. Uh, I will um, group those two questions together from Jesse and say, uh, what position group is going to be the biggest X factor for Iowa this week? It's quarterback for me. I really think Cade's going to have to make some plays, and it's going to be under duress at times, um, and hopefully he can stay upright uh but he's going to have to make some winning plays in this game. This is these are the games why they brought him in. Um you know, you have a veteran quarterback going into a hostile Iowa environment. He won there in 2021 uh as the Michigan starter. He won at state college, so he has that experience under his belt and he's going to need to be good on Saturday. He can't throw interceptions. He's got to hit receivers in stride. He's got to throw balls in the tight windows. He's got to be the best that he's been This season, and you know, as good as he was in 2021, where he helped Michigan win the Big Ten championship, these are, this is why Iowa brought Cade McNamara in through the transfer portal, and this is, these are the games that Cade McNamara should, and I think, does embrace as opportunity and a chance he wasn't getting at Michigan with JJ McCarthy taking over. He's now has a second life to be able to win games like this at Iowa. And I think he'll embrace it. All right. Probably time, a good time here uh, to step in to a break, step out for a break. However you want to frame that. Uh, Let people know that support for the podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa, List of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is sui.org, Systems Unlimited, doing great work in the community for over 50 years, and we certainly appreciate their support of our podcasts. Let's hear from a few more of our sponsors, and we will be back on the other side of this break with more of your questions.
0: Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483, 400-4483. Hi, this is AJ Perez, Managing Partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep of Milwaukee, and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them.
1: We are back here on the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. Rob Howe, your host, wanting to let you know, I have a great opportunity for you. If you're a Hawkeye fan, and you probably are, if you are listening to this podcast, you need to check out underthekitchen.square.site. That is underthekitchen.square.site. There you will find awesome artwork by Randy Engel on Hawkeye. Iowa Hawkeye personalities, including Tim Dwight, Spencer Lee, Keegan, and Chris Murray. There's a lot more than that. Uh, They're all reasonably priced. They come with certificates of authenticity. They would look awesome uh, in your Hawkeye room, uh, your office, at work, uh, you know, wherever wherever you display your Hawkeye pride, these pieces of art would fit in very nicely. So once again, it's Randy Ingle, and his website is under... The kitchen.square.site under the kitchen.square.site. Check that out. Uh, you will not be disappointed and probably will be getting out your credit card. All right, folks, let's jump back into some of your questions here. And for some reason, that rebooted my X. Ex- <laughs> all right we got 44 m another frequent contributor weekly contributor to the podcast and we appreciate those contributions at 44 m less on twitter x hi rob i love the last td scored by max white as well as his teammates celebrating with him however it seems that the 25 points per game became the story and will remain the story throughout the season regardless of how well iowa does thoughts yeah and i'm not going to say you know I'm Kreskin or Nostrad- Nostradamus or any of that, but we kind of saw this coming in. I've I've talked about it on this podcast. Scott Docterman and I have talked about it on the Hot Spot podcast, which we do Thursday mornings at nine, and you can watch that one live on YouTube. But uh, yeah, this has been this has become the storyline. The you know the drive to three twenty five, the Brian Ferentz meter, um, all of these things that's become a entrenched storyline now that I don't think will be shaken. All Iowa can do is Iowa, the football team that is, is just continue to do what it's done since finding out about the stipulations in the contract. And that's not worry about it. That's focus on, you're being the best football team you can be focus on being the best offense. You can be Focus on the complimentary football and what you need to do to win ball games and not worry about the BS on the outside and people measuring to me, I don't know. And maybe some of us are fortunate in this way, less that we don't get sucked in as much by the rhetoric and these narratives that are out there. But they're going to be there, and it's not going away. Um, and no matter what Iowa scores this week, it's going to be added to the total that it's scored so far, and it's going to be <laughs> divided by four to see where Iowa is at at that point. And I don't believe that that last touchdown was scored to pad the point total for the season. The touchdown was scored, and I have a, that was somewhat of a unique perspective on this, because I was talking to Brian White the previous week when I went up to – um, actually, this was probably before the Iowa State game, but went up for the commitment announcement of Nick Brooks, the offensive tackle from Cedar Rapids Kennedy, where Brian White is the head coach. Brian White is the father of Max White, who also played at Cedar Rapids Kennedy uh, along with Connor Colby. And I have some familiarity and – know these guys and I was talking to Brian up there and he was talking about how much his son loved being on the team and, you know, the Iowa team being a Hawkeye and walking on and putting in work and all of those things. And you see the human element of that, that people that are just floating around on Twitter, like Brett McMurphy or somebody else complaining about that touchdown. And you don't see the personal, what goes into practice? What goes into what the kid contributes? His history within the Iowa program and his connection, uh, to the Ironman and all of those things. And I, I would, um, encourage people to check out the history there. And there are some good stories, Cedar Rapids Gazette, that he's in their coverage area. He, they've done multiple stories on Max White and what that meant. What a, what a moment like that meant to him. So, just enjoy that. Don't worry about what people are squawking about on Twitter X or talking heads on TV or any of that stuff. Try to enjoy the Iowa football season without thinking about the 25 points per game or any of that stuff. I know it's hard because it's constantly uh, infiltrating your thoughts because it's being pushed. It's a narrative being pushed and uh, nothing you can do about it. But try not to get sucked into it that's all I can tell people that's what I've uh that's what I've tried to do myself um what's your assess this is also from Wes what's your assessment of the Iowa defensive line after game number three is the pass rush inconsistent inconsistent because teams are getting rid of the ball more quickly or is there or are there other factors have a good week. You have a good week, too, Les, and I appreciate you, got, you uh, sending in questions, as always. Um, I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, about there being some growing pains with this defense. You lose basically two starters in Lucas Van Ness and John Wagner and replacing them, and I think Deontay Craig has a really high ceiling. Uh, Joe Evans is – Joe Evans, and he's been pretty good so far. Um, The interior guys, um, there's been some inconsistency there with getting a push up the middle, but Iowa's been pretty good against the run, and I think that's really what the focus has been on so far. Let's make sure we stop the run, contain, uh, set edges, be fundamentally sound against the run as a defensive line and the pass rushing will come, we'll get it. You know, we'll we'll get, we'll start to, it'll start to click in once we start to work together um, as a front. Uh, And then you also have, you know, you don't have that element, at least to this point of, you know, Iowa did blitz on the last touchdown by Iowa state and Iowa state made a tremendous play. Great catch by Higgins in the end zone good read by Beck to get the ball out quick. You just tip your hat in that situation. I thought Iowa dialed up a good play there, and they may need some more of that. You know, if the pass rush isn't coming uh, as quickly as you would want it to, isn't developing as quickly as you would want it to, um, do some blitzes. But then again, you leave your secondary a little exposed in that situation. But Iowa may have to take some chances in terms of blitzing, which it doesn't like to do, but I think it may need, you know, it did it with Jack Campbell enough, and Campbell was a, you know, a unique and generational-type player that you could do that with. You don't have that now, but there are ways to create pressure. But I'm not overly concerned, less with the defensive line think there needs to be more pressure. I think you kind of break it up into those first two games against Utah State and Iowa State. The offensive game plan against Iowa was to get the ball out quickly, short passes in place of a running game. Very hard to get pressure there. Um, You know, last week a little bit more uh, shots down the field. Uh, Western Michigan was willing to do that, Uh, get the, you know, hold up a little bit more. That to me was more of a concern this past week, not getting more pressure on the quarterback was a little bit more of a concern, but it got there. It got there at times and it did well enough. And again, it's, you know, <laughs> the, the the opponents aren't scoring points, enough points to win. And that's kind of the the objective, but I get the question. And I think uh, my analysis analysis would be, growing pains, not unexpected with graduation losses, but I think holding up well against the run and I think the pass rush will come in different forms, whether it's, um, you know, as I said, just getting your feet, getting the foundation set of run defense and responsibilities there and then uh, progressing as, as a pass rushing unit. I lost my, Lost my feed there. Now it's back. Uh, this one is from Dan Brockett. Is a medical redshirt close to guaranteed for Lachey if he wants it? It looked like a badly broken ankle. Is there any reason to think he won't heal in a year or so? I know you don't know about him specifically yet, asking about badly broken ankles. Not in my area, Dan. Um and you reminded me, uh, seeing your name and seeing your face reminded me, I apologize to folks that tuned in to watch the Rapid Reaction podcast with Joe Von Johnson and Jordan Kanzari. Some technical issues there. I don't know why, but the live video on YouTube went private. Uh, I did have some people that were able to get through. Maybe you had to subscribe to toward- our to our channel or something like that. I don't know what the holdup was, but I will get in, check out the settings and make sure that doesn't happen again. And, uh, hopefully we'll, um, have that rectified on Thursday for the hotspot podcast. And then again, next weekend for the rapid reaction after Penn State. But, uh, I think Lachey gets the red shirt anyway. Um, I know he's used his red shirt already, but, um, I think who knows with the NCAA. I'm trying to I'm trying to use logic here with the, describing how the NCAA. But he is only a junior, correct? He has another year of eligibility left anyway, if I'm not mistaken. So um, if he were to heal, come back next year, because I think there was a good chance that he was done after this year and goes into the draft. Um, not that that's breaking news or anything, but that was his trajectory um, as the next Iowa tight end. Um. Oh, it looks like uh, Dion Van Oslem, uh, again the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. Um, that was yesterday. I missed that. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, let's see here. Roster. Luke Lachey is a junior. Yeah, redshirt junior. So he would have another year regardless. Um, and then if he wanted to come back for another year he can apply for that and probably have a decent chance of making that happen. Um, But I think if he gets recovered, has a good year next year, uh, he would probably go to the NFL at that point. Anyway, what's his birthday? Uh, Let's see. Luke was born in June of 01. So he turned 22 in June. So after next season, He would be what 23 and a half. Um, most likely, I think he would probably move on and take his shot at the NFL at that point anyway. But yeah, he could probably get, you know, get a medical red shirt. And I don't know if it's an ankle. I took a still photo of it, which I did not publish publicly. Um, I I kept the photo to myself because I just don't think it's. Uh, very cool to put that stuff out there or reshow the injury multiple times uh, on broadcast, things like that, but it wasn't good. Um, and I would be shocked and I'm a lot often shocked if he were to come back this season. And I'm guessing it is Tuesday, September 19th and Kirk Ferentz meets with the media later today here in Iowa city He'll have an update on Luke, and my guess is he will announce that Luke will miss the remainder of the season. I feel horrible for that young man and how hard he's worked uh, to put himself in position to be tight end one uh, and and build up his draft stock while helping Iowa's offense and being uh, its main weapon. Um, so very much a bummer. feel horrible for him and his family. Get well soon, Luke. I think that's it, folks, unless I unless I missed one here. Let me go to the actual tweet soliciting. Nope, didn't have anybody um, send any questions underneath my solicitation tweet. So that's going to do it. We're wrapped up here. I appreciate all the questions this week and uh, everybody for listening and our sponsors. Hope you have a great rest of your week. I will be back on Thursday with Scott Doctorman of The Athletic, 9 a.m. YouTube Live podcast, Hawkeye Hotspot podcast. Then I'll be back again on the weekend uh, with the Rapid Reaction podcast with Jovan and Jordan, and we'll get you a time on that as soon as we know. Uh, It's going to depend on whether or not those guys will be available after that game or the next morning. Um. And we have Hawkeye-centric podcast every day of the week on this feed, folks. So I would recommend subscribing, hitting the like button, all those things to help us out and help you out as a Hawkeye fan. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the flagship with Pat Hardy and KCJJ. Tuesdays is me uh, with the mailbag. Thursdays, you'll get Scott Doctorman and I, as I mentioned, Saturday, the rapid reaction. And then on Sundays, former Hawkeye Brian Hurley with his – Hawkeye history podcast, also a wonderful podcast. So we've had podcasts now every day uh, for most of this month, I think. So check that out and check us out. And we appreciate you guys being a part of this. Couldn't do it without you. And again, hope you have a good next couple of days. And I will talk to you on Thursday on the hotspot. Until then, peace.